and health managed with equal emphasis and rigor are the answer to building an organization that will be here for not only the near term, but for the long term. Does organizational health have something to do with jobs as well? Organizational health is linked very directly to an organization's performance. We can measure health, we can measure performance, we can understand the correlations, and we can also understand the causality. Healthy organizations do better than organizations who are unhealthy. They last longer. They're higher performing. So as we think about jobs and organizations who are growing and thriving, even in a difficult economic environment, those are going to be the healthier organizations. The second thing is healthy organizations attract better talent than other organizations because healthy organizations are able to harness the full potential of human beings as they enter into the workplace. And how can I, as an executive, determine if my company is healthy or not? There is a way to measure those three aspects of health, alignment, execution, and renewal. And this is something that's become much more of a science than an art. They do break down into some very clear elements like to what extent do you have accountability in your organization? How do you coordinate and control risk management? What kind of capabilities do you have in your organization? What kind of motivation do you have in your organization? How externally oriented are you? Very interesting. Could you go deeper on that for us? There are nine elements of organizational health, which you can very clearly define and measure quite reliably in an organization. And we can even break those down further into 37 management practices, things leaders actually do, practices you can observe, whether they're happening or not, that relate to each of these elements. For example, there are practices that help achieve accountability, like role clarity and performance contracts for people. There are things like, what does your consequence management system look like? And how do you get a sense of personal responsibility and ownership? So leaders can, with the help of what we call the organizational health index, do the diagnostic on how healthy are we today and have quantitative data that can be measured and managed over time. Scott, in your book, you've also mentioned it's a major mistake to copy management best practices from other companies. Why is that? I'll answer that by way of an analogy. Sure, go ahead. We were working late in the office and we wanted to get dinner brought in. The team knew that the main person whose office we were in loved pizza and he loved seafood. When they looked at the menu of the local Italian eatery, they had seafood pizza on the menu and they ordered that. When our colleague bit into this pizza, he said, this is the worst thing I've ever tasted. And what exactly does that suggest? The whole idea there is that good ingredients combined in certain ways will create something magic. Peanut butter and jelly together are way better than each individually. They can also create not-so-good combinations. That analogy as it relates to management reality is those 37 management practices that I mentioned sit beneath what drives organizational health. Those aren't just individual best practices that exist in isolation. They work together in a system, and they interrelate to one another. Different choices you make in terms of how you manage your organization can reinforce or take away. Can you give us an example of that? Yep. If a company wants to motivate its employees, it has a number of practices it could use. There's meaningful values, inspirational leaders, creating career opportunities for people to work towards and look forward to, and rewards and incentives. Rewards and incentives is the least effective. Above a certain level anyway, rewards and incentives isn't a big driver of motivation. Most leaders and managers get that, and we reaffirmed that in our research. But we had the benefit of not just looking at individual management practices and saying, which of these can give you more motivation 
in isolation. We could look at them in the context of all 37 management practices and find out if certain combinations created either the peanut butter and jelly effect, one plus one equals three, or the seafood pizza effect where you actually diminish the impact. And just using that motivation example, if you use rewards and incentives in an internally competitive environment, it's a really effective motivator. In fact, you have a 95% probability of getting a motivated workforce versus in a very collaborative environment, a 48% chance. We could do this across all of the management practices in our database and ask, are there any combinations that managers should put together to create healthy organizations, which in turn drive high performance over time? And we found there were four archetypes of healthy organizations. There's a knowledge-focused archetype, a market-focused archetype, an execution-focused archetype, and a leadership-driven archetype. This is why, if you're trying to take individual isolated best practices from another company and bring them into your system, you don't know for sure whether you're going to get the...